0: The topics dealt with on this episode may not be suitable for all listeners, in particular younger listeners. Also, the topics of sex, prostitution, and human trafficking can be triggering for some. Listeners are advised to use their discretion before listening to this episode. The Anchorage City Podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Dena'ina Athabascan people.
1: wisest man ever told and I cast aside my worries and just went digging for gold and I will scale the highest mountains looking for the bluest blue but for I just, I can't have you. Welcome to the
0: Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. At the corner of 4th Avenue and A Street in downtown Anchorage, if you look at the right spot, you might see Ronald McDonald. On top of the AK Alchemist building on the northeast corner of that intersection, kneeling on top of an HVAC unit 15 feet in the air, is a life sized fiberglass version. Of the famous burger chain mascot. As you gaze at Ronald the Clown while he seemingly surveys passers-by, you might be transported back to the outdoor play area of a McDonald's restaurant in a bygone era. I can't help but think of my youth when I see this pop culture icon in this unexpected place. But if you find yourself in downtown Anchorage and have a craving for McDonald's, that craving may have to wait. The closest McDonald's is around two and a half miles away, But that wasn't always the case. Just before July 4, 1970, the first McDonald's arrived in Anchorage and Alaska, at the corner of Arctic and Northern Lights Boulevards. Five years later, the fifth McDonald's in Alaska was built just two blocks west of where that rooftop Ronald McDonald is today. While downtown today has a Ronald McDonald icon and no restaurant, the opposite was the case in 1975. Built to blend in, the McDonald's at 429 West 4th Avenue had no fiberglass characters or big Golden Arches sign. However, what was missing in the way of exterior accoutrements was made up for by being the biggest McDonald's on the West Coast at the time it opened, with seating for 126 guests. Just a few years later, a character was on the sidewalk in front of the downtown McDonald's. But it wasn't the Burger Chain's famous clown, nor was it Grimace the Hamburglar, Mayor McCheese, or even the Fry Kids. It was the man himself, Ray Kroc. Kroc, who mythically promoted himself as the founder of McDonald's, though retired from running the business, was still making appearances as the face of the company. Anchorage historian David Reamer notes of Kroc, Kroc was an uninhibited talker. If he thought of something, he'd say it regardless of social niceties, which sounds more positive than it was to experience. It was that version of Croc, that character, that visited Anchorage in 1977. Reamer writes of the visit. As might be expected, he was generous with his thoughts, uniformly negative thoughts about the city. He expressed some bile about the collection of bars and triple X shops that largely defined downtown. You got no class, he said. Why don't you guys get a bulldozer and clean up the whole mess and build something decent? While McDonald's conjures up images of childhood and Happy Meals, the downtown McDonald's in the 1970s sat in a very adult world. Volume 5 of the Alaska history book series, Aunt Phil's Trunk, Notes of Downtown at the Time, many massage parlors and adult entertainment businesses made their way to Anchorage and were entrenched in downtown and Spinard in the early 1970s. The authors also note that joints like the Wild Cherry, Booby Trap, and Great Alaska Bush Company flew dancers in and out from the lower 48 all the time. The businesses needed fresh, firm, new bodies to keep their oil boom clientele happy and spending. Looking back, Kroc's comments were not unfounded as he pointed out the not-so-family-friendly environment of 1970s downtown Anchorage. But what Kroc might have missed is that the city's relationship to sex and sex workers goes all the way back to the beginning. There were no fast food restaurants in 1915 when the Alaska Engineering Commission auctioned off the first lots for the city of Anchorage. Land had been set aside for a cemetery by President Wilson. There were other land reserves as well. An area along 4th Avenue was set aside as a commercial district, and two blocks were held back unsold for federal and municipal reserves. There were also a few restrictions. No lot was to be used for the purpose of manufacturing, selling or otherwise disposing of intoxicating liquors as a beverage, or gambling, or prostitution, or any unlawful purpose. To find out a bit more about how the alcohol prohibition went, see Episodes 13 and 14 of Season 1. And while no lots in the new town were to be used for prostitution, it's interesting to note that a reserve was set aside just outside of town for these purposes. In 1915, a road was built at the south edge of the town site. The road ran through what is now the Delaney Park Strip between B and C Streets. Houses of prostitution soon lined both sides of the street. And while this early red light district was outside the city, it was inside the Chugach National Forest. The residents of the red light district got a wink and a nod from city leaders, but needed a camping permit from the Forest Service to operate. The fact that the city's sex businesses were on national forest land did not sit well with forest managers, and in July 1916, the women were ordered to leave the area. David Reamer explains that the city wasn't without prostitution for long when he writes, like most frontier settlements, Anchorage at the time was overwhelmingly male. A couple of months after the district was destroyed, which was a couple of months with less opportunity for female companionship, a group of city leaders unofficially invited the women back to Anchorage. A new red-light district was established just south of the old one in a low-lying land along Chester Creek. By November 1916, the new district was in full swing. By 1920, the red-light district had moved out of the woods and into town. Reamer describes the area as a line of brothels that roughly stretched along C Street between 7th and 10th Avenue. At one end was a sign labeled First Chance, at the other end a sign labeled Last Chance. This red light district was cleared under federal pressure circa 1930, but allowed to eventually re elsewhere, as was the pattern in early Anchorage.
1: There are oceans and there are deserts that I have yet to cross, and I have dreamed of far away places where imagination just gets lost and i would search the wide world over for one proverb that is true but of all the roads i'll ever walk i just
0: we are taking a break for just a moment to let you know about an exciting project All during this season of the Anchored City Podcast, we are exploring places in the city where things are or are becoming the way they're supposed to be for all people. During the months of September, October, and November, we're partnering with Kaladi Brothers Coffee to hear from you about what would make Anchorage the way it's supposed to be for all people. We are asking the question: for Anchorage to be the way it's supposed to be for all people, I imagine. How would you answer that question? Here are a few things people have imagined. Housing for all, not just for those with money. Mental health care for all. Healthy civil discourse, kindness, and an education system that is earth aligned, intersectional, and interdependent. There have also been some less serious answers like an indoor beach, more dancing and music, or oat milk lattes every day. To share what you imagine, stop by a local Claudi Brothers Cafe and look for the posters explaining the project and the chalkboards where you can record your input in eight different Kaladi Brothers locations across Anchorage. Go to anchorageutc.org allpeople all people for participating locations. Can't make it to a cafe? No worries. You can share your thoughts by going to facebook.com anchorageutc. Responses will be gathered and presented to Anchorage decision makers for their consideration. Please join us in imagining an Anchorage that's the way it's supposed to be for all people. For more information, go to anchorageutc.org slash all people.
1: And with all those lessons learned, with the crazy long life that I lived already, and the sky. loving you just once was worth it.
0: Anchorage residents and visitors alike may know of the Crazy Horse Saloon. It's hard to miss. The club is housed in a lilac-colored building across the street from Sullivan Arena on Gamble Street, one of the busiest roads in the city. As the calendar was flipping over to the year 2001, The Crazy Horse Saloon ran radio ads in Anchorage advertising Russian dancers performing at the club. The ads came to the attention of immigration officials and law enforcement, who began investigating. In January of 2001, the club was raided. What was discovered was that there were seven Russian women and underage girls, ages 16 to 30, who had entered the United States in December on tourist visas with a man claiming to be their dance instructor. Six of the women and underage girls were dancing at the club. The women and the girls had been recruited as cultural dancers who would dance at folk festivals in the U.S. The cultural dancing was also listed on their visa application. Once they entered the country, the women and girls were told that the cultural festival was over. They were brought to the Crazy Horse Saloon and told they would need to dance nude to earn the money to pay back their expenses. Their passports and airline tickets were taken and they were housed in a single room, sleeping on mattresses on the floor. Unable to speak English, unable to leave, and in fear for their safety and even their lives, they danced and turned over their earnings to their captors. Investigators discovered that the dancers had been recruited primarily using email. In one email transaction, it's clear that the club was keen to have the Russian dancers dancing for the Christmas season. The correspondence also showed that once it was known that the women were being brought to Anchorage, clubs were outbidding each other to secure the dancers. One correspondence reads, Now that everyone knows that we have girls coming in, the deals are getting sweeter. While the Crazy Horse Saloon might be known to those in Anchorage because of its location, it is known in the legal world for another reason. In the year 2000, Congress, responding to the reality of human trafficking and modern-day slavery, passed the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. The Crazy Horse case, as it's sometimes called in legal circles, was the first ever case tried and convicted under this new federal legislation. Today, the downtown McDonald's is home to the Alaska Mint. And while you can buy gold coins there, many residents have no memory of the Golden Arches. Gone too are the downtown Triple X shops that drew Roy Kroc's ire. If you go to the location of the city's first red light district, you'll find a softball field and part of the South Edition neighborhood. The second location is home to the Valley of the Moon Park and a section of the Chester Creek Bike Trail and the first-chance, last-chance section of C Street has been redeveloped for more reputable uses. It's unlikely that those playing ball, biking, walking their dog, enjoying the park, or driving down C Street know of the area's past life as a neighborhood of ill repute. The city's long history with businesses selling sex has visually faded. The official red-light districts of the past are now gone. The sex businesses that were once so prominent have mostly faded into history, yet places like Crazy Horse are still around, and sex for sale continues underground. I'd like to say that human trafficking has waned in the city, but that might not be the case. In a 2017 study conducted by Loyola University, researchers interviewed youth in 10 cities across North America, including Anchorage. The youth were all residents of Covenant House an organization that provides shelter and other services in those cities. The research covered cities like Atlanta, Los Angeles, Oakland, and Toronto. But it was Anchorage that reported the highest prevalence of human trafficking, which is most often trafficking for the purposes of sex. This shouldn't come as a surprise in a city that, at its founding, established a red light district, then abolished it, and then after a few months realized it couldn't live without it. Anchorage has always had a sex industry, and that industry exploits people. But there are those in Anchorage working to help those caught in human sex trafficking leave that life. And they are working to make Anchorage the way it's supposed to be for all people. Join me next time to hear their stories. Until then, I'm your host, Joel Keegan. Special thanks to David Reamer and his excellent weekly history series in the Anchorage Daily News, on which this episode draws heavily. Links to the articles used in this episode are in the show description. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for our partner this season, Kaladi Brothers Coffee. Kaladi's is a catalyst for community. Stop into one of their 17 cafes in Anchorage, across Alaska, and in Seattle, or check them out at Kaladi.com. That's K-A-L-A-D-I dot com. We are also grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon, so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at anchorageutc. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lettner.